we're really, really happy to announce that um, that we are just signed a an ambassadorship program with Schedulicity. Schedulicity is a scheduling app, and um, they've been kind enough to uh, to help us out this next year. Yeah, they uh, we met them in L.A. when we did the uh, Salon Digital Summit, and they really believed in what we were doing mm-hmm. and how we were doing it, and so they wanted to know how they can partner up with us to. Uh, to even reach more listeners and, exactly. and give what we give. That's that's right. So um, with our uh, with our partnership with uh, Schedulicity, we will be able to reach more hairdressers and we'll be able to bring a lot more content and get to a lot more hair shows. So uh, hopefully, we can see you guys out there in the hair shows when we're there visiting. Yeah, and and they're going to give us a, some business tips uh, throughout the podcast as well. And I'm so excited that you know. We're partnering up with people that believe in the same things we believe in. Yeah, no doubt. That, that, that's pretty exciting. So uh, anyway, Schedulicity, once again, big shout out to you. And uh, thank you for joining your day off. <laughs> Silly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I'm sitting with my bud, Tone. What's up, Tony? What's going on, homie? Nothing, man. I'm, uh... Yeah, I, I'm curious where this conversation is going to go. I'm actually kind of excited. Uh, you know, I'm going to let you say the last name because you always get that correct. <laughs> yeah. It's Yvonne and Atuza. Nihuli. Yeah. Did I get it? You got it yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, they're, they're a married couple out of L.A. and they're doing things a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly. Um, they, they, they reached out to me on Instagram and they kind of told me what they were up to and like, totally intrigued by uh by by how they're doing things or what they're doing yeah they're, they're changing things up a little bit and uh it's uh you know i'm really kind of excited to get into uh how, how they're doing it should we get in let's do it let's do it so uh miss yvonne and atuzo right no yep, that's correct <laughs> welcome to your day off hi hey guys hey guys thanks man. thanks for hanging out yeah i know it's uh pretty early out i guess it's not too early it's now. not, that it's not too bad no. yeah it's like nine yeah Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. 9 a.m. They it's got an afternoon for us. <laughs> Lunchtime. <laughs> they, they got up for us though. Yeah. So, uh, so you. are both of you guys in the hair world? Yes. Yes, we are. Awesome. How did I mean? First of all, where are you guys from? I'm from LA, native um, LA, and then Atuza's from India. Yeah, I grew up. I was born and raised in India. Oh, okay. Uh, I came here when I was 19 to go to college in Texas. Then moved oh, to wow. LA. Where'd you live in India? Um, I lived in New Delhi, which is the capital, but I was born in the Northeast uh, called Nagaland. Um, and then I studied in different cities um, from Bangalore, um, Pune, New Delhi, Shillong. So I moved around quite a bit. Oh, how, how was the culture shock when you got, so you went from India to Texas? Yeah, I know, right? Well, you know, I grew up with Archie Comics, so. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> you know. So, so you went to college in Texas. How did you discover the hair industry? I got into hair um, when I moved to L.A. Right around 2000. 
and five, I think. He was doing photography first. So he was doing like fashion photography and things like that. And then met a hairdresser, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of got involved that way. That's pretty cool. Like you usually hear the evolution the other way, right? Like we, we have many, many hairdresser friends that have gotten into photography afterwards. So it's kind of right. neat to kind of see like, you know, the kind of the other way. Yeah. yeah that's pretty yeah. cool. It's been really cool because he, you know, shoots a lot of our things. And so he so already cool. trained his, his aesthetic eye. Yeah. Into it. Exactly. I mean, at least he had it right. Yeah. So were you, when you were doing photography, were you, um, were you doing fashion type stuff or was it more like landscape photography? Yeah. Yeah. It was all fashion. Um, I studied, at two different schools in India um, before I came here. So that was kind of my first passion in the beauty industry. Yeah, but that's like the old school type where you develop, you know, yeah. <laughs> you this develop before the digital. photos before digital. <laughs> You're shooting film, huh? How, yeah. about you, how about you, Yvonne? How did you get in the hair? I started doing hair. Well, I started beauty school when I was 16 years old while I was in high school uh, through an ROP program um, through my school, my high school. That's cool. So you've been pretty much your whole adult life, huh? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So when I graduated high school, I had my license and uh, the plan wasn't completely just to do hair initially. It was just to kind of do hair while I was in college. Um, and then I ended up sticking with it. Yeah. I think once it grabs you, it keeps you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> That's I'm not wasn't too happy about it, but. <laughs> yeah. So how did you, your, your, your path cross? We I'm, met at a salon in uh, Pasadena and where we, you know, lived for, for a while. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and then, then you went to go. Yeah. I went Lux to Lab Santa, Monica Santa Monica at a salon called Lux Lab. And then from there went to West Hollywood uh, and worked for a company called Martin Tricomi. They're based out of New York. Um, they have a lot of salons now, but um, they had one in LA, um, which, would, which did really well for PR purposes for them. Um, during that time, it was the peak of the hills and all those shows. So they would shoot a lot in the salon during that time. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, that's like, you know, being in DC, we just don't have that kind of, uh, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's, there's not that impact on us, right? Yeah. You know? After, after and Kelly Clarkson. I, uh, and, uh, oh, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> and then I uh, did hair, but, you know, kind of, why we're even doing what we're doing is, you know, you go to beauty school and then after you're done with beauty school, you still really don't know how to do hair. Um, at least here, that's how it is. And so I was assisting at a salon and I, again, still didn't know how to do hair. Um, I was trying to learn and I would ask the stylist, you know, um, so why are you guys using this or what, you know, what are you guys doing? And no one would, would actually give me a direct answer. And I was like, they just don't want to like tell me or like something <laughs> like they're, they're like, just use this. I'm like, but why, you know, why use that? Um, and no one could give me a direct answer. Um, and so I realized that a lot of people, even at the salon that I was at, they really didn't know color really well. And so there was this girl that came into my salon and she was an educator for Redken and she knew the why behind everything. She knew color really well. And I was like, I was like enamored with her as a young hairstylist. And I was like, how do I become like you? And she's like, well, you can try out to be an educator. And I was like, okay, well, um, I guess I'll try to do that. Um, but again, I still didn't know how to color or cut or nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just auditioned to become an educator and they just wanted you to be able to talk about a product. Um, and so I just did that. And then um, they hired me on and then they gave us this big book called Big Bertha, which was like a big giant book of like hair. <laughs> 
And I just taught myself how to do hair color through those books. And I just faked it till I made it. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool, actually. I mean, that, that you had the initiative to be like, well, if no one's going to teach me, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to big birth it and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Time, you know? And then I would go teach at beauty schools or other salons. And I was like super intimidated because I was like super young. And um, still took a, that took a lot of courage. <laughs> a person that felt like they didn't really know anything and then they taught themselves and then now they're going to going out to teach others. Yeah. That's, that takes a lot yeah, of courage. I was really kind of like nervous because it was like older hairdressers or people that really knew hair, I thought. And then I realized that a lot of hairdressers out there really didn't know color very well um, or even like basic knowledge of like what counteracts each other and all of that. So um, I really enjoyed teaching um, and my way of teaching is very like simplistic and I feel like people, educators sometimes try to make it overly complicated to make themselves seem smart, but it's very, very simple. And, um, and that's just like the way I would teach it. Just some like things that you can remember and memorize and things like that. That's pretty great, man. You know, it's like just the, just the simple fly, simple, if I can speak, simplify <laughs> the whole, it's like the, you're trying to say whole, a last name or something. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Glad your last name wasn't simplify. I'm <laughs> um, just to simplify the whole process and just kind of break it down. I mean, that's that's genius in itself, right? That's yeah. like that's like hula hoop genius, right? Right. Like, that. That's crazy. So when did so did you guys um, open a salon? When did you guys open your salon? So he was working in West Hollywood. I was working in Pasadena, and um, we just said, you know what, let's just go ahead and move forward and try to open our own thing. And I actually never really wanted to own my own salon just because I knew how much work it was going to be. But, you know, this guy's always the one that pushes me. (laughs) (laughs) Always the one that pushes. I'm always the scaredy cat. (laughs) (laughs) And we said, okay, let's try to look at spaces. And we ended up finding um, a space. Well, we were trying to figure out like where in LA should we put it. Yeah, we we were trying to test the market and see, you know, what area would be the the best area. Obviously, we knew Pasadena well. She grew up in Claremont, um, which is east of here. And so, you know, there's, you know, we were trying to figure out, me coming from West Hollywood, we were trying to figure out, you know, what area would be the best. So we started doing a market research in, uh, in LA period, you know, where the growth was. And we found out that downtown was, you know, at that time, this was 2007. And uh, this was before the market crash in 08. And, you know, it was, I found an article called, you know, the land of the cranes. And basically there was just so much going on in downtown and everybody was building buildings left and right. Or if they were, old buildings that were turning them into apartments upstairs and retail at the bottom. So we, you know, we decided to open in downtown. Uh, you know, a lot of our friends thought we were crazy because yeah. downtown at that time, was on, you know, on the verge of, you know, the Renaissance, but right. it wasn't there yet, you know, and even the street that we, we picked today just happened to be the busiest and the most um, expensive street for, for apartments. And Whole Foods just opened up a couple of years ago on our street. Um, you know, Nomad Hotel just opened up um, out of New York, Yeah, you know. We and walked so, around downtown LA trying to find spaces. And, you know, I was 27. He was 28. And um, 
you know, never owned a business before. People wouldn't even talk to us as far as like leasing. Yeah, space. we couldn't even get a lease. No, you know, no one calls back no because you know we, we were young people. They're like, have you no, ever owned a business before? Yeah. We're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah. Um, but fortunately, there was a space located where we're located on Sixth and Olive, and it had been desolate for seven years. The whole entire like retail area had been desolate, and really, there was nothing really on that street. And so they just took a risk on us and they just let us lease. Um, and yeah, we ended up building our first store in 2007. And well, we started construction in 07. Oh yeah. This was in the, in the November you know, when things were still great. And so we were building it. it I think we were into our fourth month. Um, we, we signed our lease in 2007, uh, somewhere in the summer. And then our construction started. Um, no, at the end no, of it was November. I November, think, yeah. It was like six months. Yeah, and then, um, you know, unfortunately, right before we opened, the market crashed. Yeah. Oh. And you know, we had signed a ten-year lease. Yeah. Um, you know, and spent a quarter million dollars on it. You know. Um, also, also downtown LA, there was zero high-end salons. We were the first one to open, and even like the neighbors around us, they were like, really, you guys are opening a high-end salon in, right here? They thought we were crazy. Um, they're like, they're, I don't think you're going to get any customers. And we just really took a risk on a neighborhood that was, you know, up and coming. Up and, coming and I mean, was, no, it now was, it's a no-brainer. If you ask anyone in LA, you know, oh yeah, I'm opening a business now. So I'm like, sure you are, you know, yeah. because it's growing so much, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, we were the pioneers back in the day. So it was you know, really when, difficult getting stylists because there was no salons. Um, around so you know usually when you open a salon you can you know get stylists from other salons or anything like that so we literally started just my clientele his clientele and client zero you know stylist zero we had no advertising done we just opened our doors <laughs> wow just, you know showed up and you know by the grace of God, you know, we, you know, we slowly started this is getting the, the days traction. of Yelp or Instagram. Yeah. Facebook just uh, was just start, just started during that time. So, yeah, social media. You was you you were handcuffed that way as well because today, yeah. you know, social media you can you can get a yeah. jump. But I mean, how are we talking to these people? Like they start off they start off a salon. They don't have any money. They don't have any advertisers. They don't have any salon. They're in a terrible spot. You know, like location, location, location. They didn't have right. Like like how. How in the world did you guys make it, man? How'd you do yeah. it? And like, and, and how long were you swallowing? You know, like, is today the day that, that, that we make a dollar? Is today to the, you know, what, right. what was that experience? We, we, I, I have to say it was God, you know, um, because the one thing that, you know, we, our first month, we didn't have rent for. So we called up a friend of ours called um, uh, Peter Davis <laughs> and. Uh, Shout out to Peter Davis. Woo -woo. Yeah, right, right. Peter helped us out. Yeah, and month. so you know, he loaned us the, the the money to pay our first month's rent, mm -hmm. and miraculously, after that, after that, we were able to cover our overheads. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we didn't have any money set aside. Yeah. We didn't. You know, we had we, used up everything we had for construction. Yeah. Wow. So. So did you guys get like, um, because it was an up and coming neighborhood and it wasn't quite a neighborhood yet, did you guys get a, you know, looking 10 years into the future, did you guys get a pretty good lease? Yes. Yes. Thankfully, you know, um, we, we were, we were able to negotiate. We got a really great price in the very beginning and then it, you know, and then we negotiated six months free rent while yeah. we were building. Mm -hmm. Um, so which was, you know, pivotal as well. 
Mm-hmm. Because and, we put so much money inside yeah. the design. So of we it. didn't get any TI. Um, you know, they just said, we'll give you six months. Um, and you just put your own money in and build it. Right. So, tenant improvement. TI is tenant improvement. Yeah, got money. it. Tenant improvement money. Wow. Um, and so we just literally went out there and grassroots type marketing, flyers, gift cards, got into the loft buildings that were around, put, you know, flyers underneath their doors. We would, you know, the little staff that we had, we'd go march to streets and got people in our doors. Dude, that's just the hustle right there. That's the hustle on the grind, right? Yeah, the charity. You figure your charity had it in her when she uh, was reading <laughs> Big Bertha. She already knew how to hustle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's- I grew up with hustle. So it's just like you go and make it happen. You know, the, the only thing that was around that was big was like a Ralph's. So, and everyone would go to the Ralph's. So we would go outside the Ralph's and pass out flyers and, you know, get clients in our doors that way. I have mad respect for you guys. That, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's that, really, that's, I mean, that's how like great stories are created. Right. I mean, it, literally out of nothing, out of thin air. And, and here they, you know, we haven't even gotten into the good stuff yet. I know. Right. You know, <laughs> it's already getting so, good. You know, we had, you know, pretty, I would say inexperienced hairdressers at the time because, you know, there was, again, there was no salons to kind of draw from. Um, so we did have a couple of hairdressers, but I, you know, what I like to say is they have soft spots in their education um, mm-hmm. or in their skill. So we would do classes every single week and we, ha- they we were required to have a model. And if they didn't have a model, you go out to the street, you go get one until you have yeah, a model. So we, our education program, um, we hired a friend of ours that I used to work with at Warren Tracomi in West Hollywood. Her name is Chris Mejia. Um, she was a Sassoon teacher. Um, she, she actually still teaches a lot. And so we brought her in every Tuesday and we started off with, a, you know, a G-Bob. Everybody had had a G-Bob every Tuesday until they passed. passed. So if they didn't pass, they kept on bringing one every week until they passed and moved on to the next haircut. And so we so had her. You guys, you guys didn't accept mannequins. You had to do it on a model. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You can't do it in doll head. <laughs> yeah, doll so. heads. You don't have like colics and you know, the way the hair lays, you know, it's so. nothing like on real hair, you know? Mm. And then I had a color test. So they had to pass their color test too. So I, we, I would teach the color from my Redken days. Um, and I kind of had all those classes like already kind of set out on, on how I did things. So all of them, they were required to get um, at least a C or better on their test. Um, and it was like, I don't know, like a 12 page test. So you two were the only hairdressers until you train your staff to, I guess. To be, to be to the level because, you know, we wanted the service to be, you know, excellent and to the, what we call the Nuhuli standard. And so our staff wasn't there yet. So, you know, what do you do? We had her come them. in for a whole year, every Tuesday to teach. Wow. You had Chris come in. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And we paid her, you know, obviously. So it was, it was definitely an investment, but it was worth the investment to make sure that, you know, every single person, every client coming in got a great haircut and great color. And beyond that, that our reputation was upheld because, you know, if you get a bad reputation, we, you know, we are brand new salon. And if a client comes in and they have a bad experience, they're not just downhill after that. 
Yeah, right. then somebody invents. That's what's upholded our brand for this many years is that when someone comes to our salon, they know that they're going to have a great haircut, a great color. You know, um, we also do nails and waxing and facials and um, everything. And so everyone knows, as far as the community knows, if you go to Nahuli, you're going to have an excellent service. So, do you, um, so like I know Sassoon is very like regimented in the way that they cut hair and stuff. Is that, is there like when you go to, New Huli, is there like, is there an expectation of what they're going to get? Meaning like it, you know, we follow these steps, we do these things. So, no, I mean, I think that Vidal is great and it's a great um, thing to have as a, as a base of education, mm-hmm. but you know, things have evolved and changed. And so everything's not going to be blunt and everything's not going to be blown with the Denman brush. You know, it's not like we, you know, round brushes are not allowed and things <laughs> like that. Um, so we, definitely deconstruct. I use everything from a razor, thinning shears. Um, it's not super, super blunt, but until I feel like you need to have a strong foundation of education before you can start doing things like Chopping that. Chopping into it, you know, so I think Sassoon's great in that way because, you know, we've all, you know, if, if you look at Tony and Guy, if you look at, you know, all the other schools, you know, Paul Mitchell's, you know, what have you, you know, they all kind of started with Sassoon Foundations, the ABC of cutting, you know, and then, you know, you know, Tony and guys really choppy and, you know, really, you know, um, but they all started with the Sassoon foundation. So we, you know, we, we believe in Sassoon foundation as well. Um, um, but you know, nowadays the way we do hair is very different from how it used to be. Yeah. We used to refer to the Sassoon as like the, uh, the Sassoon discipline, right? Like you have the Sassoon discipline and then you kind of build from there. Right. right. Okay. So let's get into it, man. I think we've kind of set it up. So, (laughs) So you guys have a school inside of your salons? Is that how, is no. that? No. no. So so tell us and how it's working. Our flagship salon is on 6th and Olive, and we've been there now for, what, 12 years, right? This year, mm-hmm. this May actually will be 12 years. Um, then we just recently opened our academy location, which is a hybrid location, which is a salon and also an academy. So it's a full-blown cosmetology school where we're teaching cosmetology, aesthetics, manicuring. We're also doing a microblading course and massage therapy. Um, that, and that, that just opened in, that salon portion opened in December. And then we just fully got our license um, approvals from BBPE and also Board of Cosmetology as of April 16th. Yeah. That's when we started classes. So you guys are a foundational or foundation cosmetology school. So you're going in taking people that have never held shears before and you're, you're, you're right. taking them through the process. Yep. So how does the hybrid work? So the reason why we wanted the hybrid, well, there's a couple of reasons, but so we have a couple renters that are renting stations and a couple stylists um, there as well. Um, and then we have the classrooms that are located in the back of the academy. We have uh, two separate classrooms, uh, cosmetology, and then also our manicuring, um, which takes place at 5.30 to 10 right now. We have part-time program. And then um, aesthetics and massage will be during the daytime. Um, but they're in the classrooms. And then once they get to a certain level of hours, they'll be able to start doing salon services on clients. Um, but I wanted them to be able to work alongside experienced hairdressers. And also one day a week, they'll be able to um, extern at our flagship location eight hours a week. Um, so basically, they'll be able to assist um, while in beauty school. So they will have a real life experience of what a salon actually looks like, feels like. Um, 
And hopefully by the time that they graduate, they'll be, you know, salon ready. Because I feel like the whole beauty school experience is broken. And um, like going back to what we were, I was saying in the very, very beginning, when I went to beauty school after I left, I really didn't know anything. Although I passed my state board exam, I really didn't know how to cut hair, color hair or anything like that. So um, there are great schools out there. I'm not saying there's not great schools out there but we just wanted to do something a little different and where the students can work alongside, say uh, a hairdresser that does ethnic hair, uh, a barber, a really experienced barber, a person that does amazing extensions, uh, a colorist that's just you know out of this world, a precision cutter. Um, so they have a like well-versed education and they're able to see, you know, well, where do I fall in that? And where's my passion? Is it in barbering? Is it in aesthetics? Is it in brows? I mean, there's so many different things. And I think you just, you know, even as a stylist in my salon, as an owner, I learn from my peers on a daily basis, you know? So I think that that's... Yeah, the whole idea of the hybrid really is to, because as you know, you know, our industry with schools you go to school and you pass your state board, whatever state you're going to school at, and then you get out and you really don't know what the real world looks like or what salon work looks like, you know? So Real salon life. Yeah, yes. so our goal is to have the kids go to school, get on the floor way before they, they even pass their exam and learn from these great stylists and ask questions and, you know, and, and kind of do an apprenticeship before they even graduate. You know, so that way, when they graduate, their time between graduation and assisting and getting on the floor is a lot less. That's kind of cool because, I mean, you, you, you're creating both because you can either apprentice, uh, but you don't have, the, you know, you got to do the classroom on your own or you do the cosmetology school, which is more like a classroom and then uh, somewhat learn how to do hair. Uh, you're taking actually the uh, both worlds and merging them together. So you actually get the classroom and the hands-on. That's mm -hmm. pretty amazing, really. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that. I just, you know, I think that, you know, unfortunately, the way it is right now, you go to beauty school, you get your license, and then hopefully you find a salon that has some sort of assisting program. Hopefully you find a mentor that's going to. But, but, but even the, but even the problem with that, Yvonne, is, is that when you finish school, I mean, I know that I was like, and I did do an assisting program after school, but, but when I left school, I just thought like, you know, I was hot shit, you know, and like I was going to go on the floor and I was going to make a hundred K and like, you know, the, the, it's one thing to, uh, to, to nobody's looking to go to an assisting program right out of school. Right. Like everybody wants to go and like slay hair, you know, they don't right, want to, yeah. right. you know, so, so it's actually a great gift that you guys are giving, um, by, by kind of like doing it all at once because it, yeah, it sounds like they're able to slay hair once they finish with them. I know like with you, I finished school. I went out to slay hair. All of a sudden, I saw a lot of tears. I was like, yeah, I need to <laughs> go. Those were, his, <laughs> those were his own tears. Yeah. <laughs> I said, so I spent another year apprenticing, uh, assisting uh, at a at a really great salon. But yeah, it, yeah, I wish yeah, I, you know, I, I had a dually next to me. So some stylists get stuck in Assistantville, you know, and again, like I was saying, hopefully they find an assistant program and all of that. And then you spend what a year, two years doing that. And so now at this point, you're like at a three year, possibly four year mark before you actually even start building your own clientele. And then yeah. it's going to take another year to build your clientele. And so tell an 18 year old that they can't up. do that. 
you know, tell an 18 year old that, that, that they have to, uh, you know, wait four or five years, you know, before they can actually start doing clients and we're going to right. a lot yeah. of people interested in the industry. And then, then a lot of people just give up and in, in somewhere around there, you know, right. after beauty school assisting or something, you know, building clients, it's just too out. difficult, you know? And okay. so it's not set up for the students to succeed. And so we want to do something, uh, where we've created something so the student can succeed in the hair industry. Okay. So th there's so many, there's so many like real world questions that I have. And I, I mean, the first question is, are you graduating people to work in other salons or are you graduating people just to work with you guys? Both. I would say both. You don't have to work at Nuvoli afterwards. Um, but I think it's really cool that the fact that they'll be able to do student services while they're in school and then hopefully, you know, they build a little clientele and then we can transition them on the floor and they'll have their student service clients now transition into real clients. Now, would you, would they transition into the flagship store or would they stay? Either. Either. Either way. And then, so how many, um, so when did you guys start the program? I'm sorry. We just started in April. Okay, cool. So you, uh, how many students do you currently have? About 10. That's so our not, goal. Not our goal many. is to <laughs> yeah. up 10 every month. So hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have about 50 plus. Um, That's awesome. So our, our struggle bus right now. We <laughs> Can I quote that struggle bus? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> is um, we do not have financial aid. Um, new schools, you have to wait two years before, probably, it's actually like three, mm -hmm. um, before you can actually get financial aid. So we're competing with schools that have financial aid. Um, although we are doing 50% um, off of our original uh, tuition for cosmetology. Just to entice people, you know. But on top of it, you know, we just found out, like I think two months ago, um, NACAS, that is actually in charge of accrediting schools. Uh -huh. They just put a memo out saying every school that is, you know, in the future that gets approved is going to have to be profitable first. And that wasn't the case back in the day. So when people opened schools back in the day, they would just try to survive For the some way years. or another until they get financial aid. But that's not the case anymore. Wow. Course, everything has to be extra difficult for us so <laughs> yeah, take 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 these first 10 students and compare them to 10 students that's in a just a normal cosmetology school and in three years see the difference of maybe where they are you know what i mean yeah. that's going to be yeah. volumes for you guys but you know what i mean uh, you see it as a challenge but i kind of see your model as as an advantage if if that's the case right i mean you also have have the salon aspect of it, you know, the whole business is the salon and the school. So, you know, you guys actually have a, a step up on being profitable. I mean, think about like the school that starts off in like a strip mall someplace, you know, how in the world are they going to be profitable without financial aid and stuff? I mean, right. your business is, is the business, right? Yeah. We didn't even plan it that way, but it just, you know, ended up that way. And thankfully we are um, also teaching our manicuring program and that's actually Initially, we didn't think that that was going to be a, a, a thing that we'd focus on, but it's actually become quite the thing to focus on because a lot of schools um, don't offer the manicuring program. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool to see that grow as well. Yeah, it, 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 it seems like there's a shortage of finding good people um, in the manicuring world. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've had two good, salon chains that have reached out to us um, wanting, you know, to 
basically feed them after our 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 students graduate. So what he means wow. is that he's like a, a brand called Mini Lux, right? And what was yeah. the other one? Some, I can't remember the other name. They are looking for manicurists um, to hire, and so there's it's hard to find manicurists. Even when we owned a nail salon, I didn't mention that, but we owned like a nail salon blow dry bar um, concept uh, that we opened in 2011, which we now have sold that, but. It was also a challenge to find manicurists during that time. So it's going to be cool to be able to, um, you know, partner with give, these companies give, and like yeah. some job placement for the graduates that are graduating from our manicuring program. That's pretty cool. How, how long is a manicuring program? In, in, it's in, only three and a half okay. months. It's pretty short. Wow. So, yeah. That's just another profit center then for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you guys are set up well to, to show profit. <laughs> so you know? another aspect that we're doing um, is on Sundays and Mondays, we're doing advanced education. Um, we just had this really large educational event this past weekend with um, Ed Edwards & Co. Uh, with Jay Edwards, and they are the largest brand um, in Australia as far as salons go. And they did a you know really cool demo and hands-on class on this past Sunday and Monday. So this is their second time. This is their second time. They were time. here last month. Um, they flew in from Australia. Eight of them flew in from Australia to teach. And they've been traveling all over the States teaching at different uh, salons. And wow. so our, you know, our goal is not only be a hub for education for as far as cosmetology is concerned for fresh, brand new students um, that are not in the industry that want to go to school, but also for licensed stylists. Um, and we actually have quite a bit yeah. of classes that's booked already for this mm -hmm. year, um, including the next ones uh, beyond the ponytail, I think. Mm -hmm. um, um, so we have advanced classes happening Sunday and Mondays. If you go to our education tab on our website at newholyacademy.com, uh, you'll see an array of educators, everything from updos and braids to master colorist and barbers Barbers. and also we have a couple different like skin type stuff there's one thing called bb glow and plasma fiber blast and, and microblading, microblading. <laughs> um so we have a ton of different um classes happening swartzkoff and also redkin has partnered with us and so uh swartzkoff is doing uh, is going to be doing some really large events um at the school and Kevin Murphy's doing some events. Yeah, um, Kevin Murphy. Um, Bumble. The director of Global. Um, Bumble and Bumble is doing some educational events at the salon too, yeah. at the academy as well. That's all um, really cool. I can't like, next time we're in LA, we definitely have to do a drive-by. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, um, that's awesome. Dude. We, you guys just seem like you're, you're figuring it all out. But again, I, I kind of, I'm going to go back to Yvonne for a sec. I mean, the girl's hustle is insane. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to figure it out. You know, oh, he's the same way. Uh, we, oh, yeah, no disrespect, no disrespect no, no, no. at all. I'm just like, you know, she was I'm like, just, yeah, we, uh, I'm just a passenger. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good husband, right there. If it wasn't for a Tuzo's push, we wouldn't have Nuhuli at all. Um, because I like again, I'm the scaredy cat, but then once I'm all in, I'm like, okay, we got to make this happen right. <laughs> somehow, some way. Um, but the academy location, you know. I, I wanted to do it, but I was scared to do it. And sure. it's scary, you know, to put yourself out there. 
um, and to start something, you know, new all again. And I call it, you know, when you birth something to this baby and then the construction part is the fun part, what I call the fun part. And then after once it's like, you know, born, it's like, oh God, now how do I feed this thing? How do I take care of this thing? How do I, how do I make it, you know, happen? And so when we first opened our doors at the academy, it, you know, it's, it's, it's still difficult, you know, we're still trying to get students and everything. I can see some light at the end of the tunnel now, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely not easy, you know. You so know. Do you, when you guys hire like your outside educators, are they like, are most of them LA based or are you bringing people in from all over oh, the country? People are coming from all over. Yeah, I, I can't remember Jamie something. So what I'm doing is that you know I just find some talented stylists or what what not just stylists but skin in and or whatever, mm -hmm. and then reach out to them, you know, and letting them know we have this amazing space. It's five thousand square feet, um, so and the classroom size are, are really large, so they can hold you know really large classes. Um, we had what Heidi Margaret was our first one. Yeah. And then it just kind of just snowballed from there. I just started getting more and more and more. Um, and so what we want to be or what we are is a hub of education for the LA area for advanced education. You guys are amazing, dude. Congratulations. Congratulations yeah. for, for, for doing this. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of blown away about, you know, how involved and how um, committed they are to our industry. But how different, you know what I mean? But like, in a different do, way. Yeah, doing you know things I mean? differently. Like, I, I can't wait to talk to them in like a year or two and see kind of how it's evolved because, you know, with, with these two behind it, you know, it's going to be huge, you know, right. you know, yeah. so that's incredible. Guys, thank you very much. Thanks. Um, thanks for uh, giving us a couple minutes of your time and explaining what you guys are up to because uh, well, thank, thank you for you. interviewing yeah. us. Uh, completely. It's our first time doing something like this. So it's like a little different for us, but <laughs> no worries, man. Yeah, you, guys, you guys are fantastic and, and you guys are doing things different. You're shaking it up and you're doing it to better the industry you're better bettering young hairdressers and, and we talked oh, about i forgot to mention this um we also started a foundation it's called the Huli family foundation and it our paperwork is not completely done it takes about eight months or so to get um a approval from the federal government uh -huh. um so we're waiting on that we've sent in all the paperwork already um for the nonprofit. And once that's approved, we, our goal is to give free tuition to foster kids and at-risk youth. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Bravo guys. Yes. So how, how can our listeners learn more about you, find out more about the Nahuli Family Foundation and uh, learn more about just you guys. And so First off, you better spell Nahuli because nobody's going to be able to find it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Our main website is www.nihuli, that's N-E-I-H-U-L-E.com. And then the second website is... Our Nihuli, academy website. Yeah, academy website. It's nihuliacademy.com. Um, on the academy one, you can set up a, a tour to come see the facility um, so for cosmetology or any of the other programs that we offer. Um, the, the foundation stuff we haven't put up online yet just because it's not, it's not completed yet. Sure. Um, they're waiting for the approval first. Yeah. You guys, only, it's only been approved for a month anyway. So, I mean, and you guys are shaking. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well guys, thank you very much. And thank you very much for joining us on your day off.
Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.